Hi there, everyone. I'm Gwen Jones, and welcome to this week's episode of the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, it is hard to believe, but we are starting season five of the podcast, and I couldn't be more excited with episode one. It was my honor and my privilege to speak to PN Jennifer Jones. That's right, the very first woman to take the reins of Rotary International spoke to me on my podcast. She told me that no question was off limits, and we had a real, honest, wonderful conversation about where Rotary has been, where it's going, and what she's going to do at the head of one of the most trusted civics organizations in the world. So join me, won't you? We kick off season five with PN Jennifer Jones. And as always, I thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am super excited. Normally with this podcast, I say we don't do any celebrities. And we did have a pseudo celebrity with Evan Burrell not too long ago. But this is a real celebrity because not only is she a celebrity, she is also our future leader. And she is also an amazing trailblazer who has uh, broken the glass in the glass ceiling of being president of Rotary International. That is right. Jennifer Jones, president nominee, is on the podcast with me. And it is an honor to have you with me and with us, the rest of our listeners, Madam Future President. Well, Gwen, it is a delight to be able to be (laughs) with you, and uh, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, I, I, you were honored me by saying my reputation in the podcast precedes me. I, I hope that didn't scare you at all because you're here. So uh, let's take on some of those 10 questions and see where they take us. Okay. That's right. Us Jones girls have to stay to get stick together. Amen. Here we go. <laughs> all right. So the first one is always really easy and it's what the listeners uh, expect. And that is what's your first recollection of Rotary? Like how did you actually get to know Rotary itself? Well, it's kind of actually an interesting little tale. I, um, When I first started my uh, career, I was working in broadcasting at a radio station, ah. KLW <laughs> and uh, the Big Eight. Uh, it was the station that launched all of the Motown greats. And uh, I live here in nice. Windsor, Ontario, directly across from Detroit, Michigan. And so, uh, so yeah, it was really kind of a cool place to work. And I, I did that as I was going through university. And at the time, I, I started out as actually the world's worst overnight disc jockey. And I moved into the uh, into the newsroom where I kind of I don't know. We may have some stories to share on that one. But go ahead. (laughs) Um, Well, they used to. I worked midnights, and actually, they um, (laughs) they they actually had an album hour from three till four a.m. And the whole yes, the the hardest part was staying awake, (laughs) putting an album on, and then. Waiting for it to, to waiting for it to end, and I I would work on Saturday midnights, and this is this is kind of a, a, a total detour, but um, there was a, a a church service that would start or a, a religious program that we would run at uh, I think it was six a.m. to seven a.m. sort of at the end of my shift, and that was the time that uh, the lottery numbers would come out, so I would be playing all these beautiful songs, and the 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 the, uh, the switchboard would be lit up with you know what's the lottery? Lottery numbers, and I'd have to always interrupt this hour of worship to bring you the Lotto six forty nine numbers. It was it was always such a oh my uh, yeah yeah that's going back a few years. But anyway, a lot of people were praying before those numbers, just legitimately. Yes, exactly. But I quickly moved into the newsroom there, where I really found my my passion and and telling stories, finding stories, and that's something that has run the course of my life. And uh, one of the assignments that I had on a you know weekly uh, basis was going and covering rotary meetings. Now, this is in the, um, the early 80s, and it was before the Supreme Court ruling in 1987 that actually permitted women to join rotary. If, if your listeners don't know that, it actually yeah. took the Supreme Court ruling for us to be able to 
uh, be members of our great organization. And so I remember going to these meetings and um, it was always the movers and the shakers and the, you know, the different notables that would be in town would attend the local rotary meeting. And I would be there to cover whatever their, you know, story of the day was. And I remember actually, and I've, I've shared this before, you know, being somewhat intimidated. I was, you know, a, a young 20 something walking into the, these meetings and being, you know, probably the only woman in the room and, and well, yeah, yeah. And, 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 but, uh, you know, what's kind of cool is that I, I look back and, uh, several of those members are still members and, uh, some of them have just become some of the dearest of friends. And, uh, I'm no other, it's no longer an intimidating circumstance. It's one where we really celebrate our friendships. They let you in only because you were there on business. I guess. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't quite know the secret handshake at that point. <laughs> you didn't know the secret handshake. Right. Well, then what made, so this made you want to join because of those people that you met there. It just kind of naturally flowed into joining once, once we could, or when did you actually join? Well, you know, my, my parents raised uh, my two brothers and I um, to be very service minded. And so, okay. uh, you know, we grew up, I grew up um, holding like, you know, uh, uh fairs in my yard, you know, gathering the neighborhood kids together, you know, collecting money for UNICEF for our local, right. you know, just all those things, you know, that my parents sort of instilled in us that were good mm -hmm. things to, to do. And, and so when it came time to be invited to a rotary club meeting, um, I had been a brownie and a girl scout or girl, girl guy yes. um, here in Canada. And uh, so when it came time to be invited to a rotary club meeting, it just felt very much like arriving at home, uh, like-minded people who all wanted to do good in our community. At that point in time, for me, it was very much a community focus, but it's right. become very much a, a world focus. Um, you know, my lens has, has changed since I've been involved with our organization, but, but it was, yeah, it was like kind of coming home, finding people, some who I knew, some who were new friends and, mm -hmm. uh, just understanding this was a vehicle to do good in the world. And, and we're going to talk more about that whole world aspect. I mean, you've gone, you've, you know, these, these lovely stories of, you know, you were a news person or now you have these lovely things. Well, now you're, you're basically your Rotary Club is 1.2 million people of all different languages, colors, backgrounds, whatever is now your local Rotary Club. Is that kind of is that kind of melted in yet? Is that kind of sunk in at all? That well, well, yeah, and 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 I think that um, you know that's certainly been something that's that's built up over over a couple of decades, but right now it's probably punctuated more than more than ever through the kind of virtual connectivity that we have. Um, through different platforms. It's, it's, it's just so not unusual to wake up in the morning and visit India and then perhaps pop over to the Philippines. And then, you know, in the afternoon, you know, visit some friends in Scotland and end the day with some friends in California. This is not an, uh, this is not a weird thing right now because of the, ca the capacity that we have through virtual, mm -hmm. virtual platforms. But more importantly, what it means, and, and I, well, let me say this, I think that for Rotarians, uh, this has really maybe made a lot of people aware that because of our affiliation, we we have the pl uh, the privilege of almost having a global passport. And <clears throat> this kind of situation that we're in right now, I think it's really shown people outside of their own, maybe what their own limited experience has been in their own club to seeing the bigger picture of a world. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that when something happens in another part of the world, um, uh, an example that I can think of just off the top of my head, but when the the horrific explosion happened in Lebanon back in August, you know, right. the, the first thing I did was pick up my phone and start texting, you know, people there to say, "Are you okay? Are you, you know, what, uh, you know, what's going on?" And and you know, I, I was able to get information through another uh, friend in Cyprus because you know, even though they're just a short distance away, they could feel the the the, the explosion um, even in their island nation. And so, you know, when something happens to someone in another part of the world, it affects each of us. And because of this global connectivity, this global passport, I, I really think that our, our minds and our hearts and our eyes are open to so much more around us than, than any other time in history. So, and, and history, that is, you know, this is, 
you're going to be making history after our our current president has been unfortunately 100% zoomed you know he you know he has he, the he's not been able to travel he's not been able to be that real hands-on rotary international president that we've had in the past are you going to are you going to try and make up for lost trips are we going to see more of a hybrid thing under your presidency I mean, well, let me for, let me first and foremost say that uh, Holger Kanak, who's our current yeah. president from Germany, you know, he has done this with a smile on his face. Um, he's he's been nothing but positive the entire way through. As has you know, every district governor that I've spoken to, they've all just stepped up and realized you know the importance right now of ensuring that we have opportunities to be in shared experience, right. and you know, trying to make sure that. There, even in the midst of the darkest days, that we have things, you know, through um, through Rotary that that do provide us with hope and do provide us with ways to look in in, in positive ways. And so Holger, I, I I just I applaud him. I take my hat off and tip it to him so um, so much because he's really he's just really done a beautiful job of hopping onto every call that he's ever asked to do right. in every corner of the world and and really being a uniting factor at a time when when we've needed it. And uh, Shaker Mehta, who is going to be our, our president on July 1 from India, right. likewise. Right. I mean, you know, just on on Zoom calls and meeting with people in every corner of the world and and you know this right now is is a virtual experience for him at a time when um you know February 1 he would be launching um his international assembly where he'd be bringing right. together all of his leaders from around the world and that's going to be done virtually and again being a great sport about it because you know we're all in this together Right. And we all just have to look at the positive ways that we can do it. And so directly to your question about moving forward, if we don't if we don't continue to embrace some sort of hybrid reality out of all of this, I think it's an incredibly, you know, huge missed opportunity. Yeah. And so so yes, I do intend to have days um, where once we're able to to be in Evanston at our headquarters, I'm in my basement in Windsor, Ontario now in my own little studio. But um, right. you know when I when I'm going to be at our headquarters in Evanston, I intend to you know continue to have virtual meetings and to be able to uh, expand upon this in ways that we we maybe you know wouldn't have done in the past. Or we, well, let's be honest that we didn't do. We didn't have to. Yeah, we that we have didn't have to, to in the past. Um, but but the but the in the the increase in connectivity, the ability to meet with more people and have legitimate connections. I mean, I think it's just amazing that I can literally think about how many new friends I've made in the past year that I literally consider to be friends now, right. just because of having been on repeated calls where we've gotten to know each other, we've talked about things, we've maybe organized something together from right. different from different corners of the world. So to miss out on that going forward, I think personally, I want to harness that. But I also think it's a message for Rotary Clubs that, you know, if you have four meetings in, you know, typically in a month that you would have normally attended, that for a great club to move forward, wouldn't it be wonderful to see two in-person meetings? Because we have to be together. We have, we're right. social beings. We need right. to be together. Um, so, you know, two in-person meetings, maybe there's one meeting in a month where you do a social because, you know, that's a fun thing to do or a hands-on service project. Mm -hmm. And maybe that fourth meeting in a month is a virtual meeting because you can tap into someone that you couldn't tap into before. Right. And right. We all know that, you know, regardless of who you are, um, what level of leadership you are in, whether it's in Rotary, in government, in, in organizations, CEOs, we're, we all understand right now that, you know, news broadcasters broadcasting from their homes, uh, we've, we've all got... We're all getting pretty good at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, a different ability to be able to connect. And so mm -hmm. I'd hate to see us lose that. Yeah. So there's a, there's one question and, and, and that everybody really loves when we do this. And I, I myself have felt when it's been asked to higher echelons, um, there's a very 
pat answer. So I feel very excited about asking you this with the, as we all know in the broadcast, that would be your tease. Um, <laughs> but it's about the four-way test. Yeah. And we have these 25, 26 words. And I ask this to all of my guests, and that is, what does the four-way test mean to you? And is it more um, a way you do business? Some people very much internalize it. Some people external use of it. Some people have brought it to our attention that it's almost like a litmus test for other Rotarians, that we walk around to other Rotarians and go, shame, shame, shame. Is that building goodwill and better friendship? You know, that we almost are turning into these little true tellers or four-way test police. What does the four-way test mean to the future president of Rotary International? Yeah, that's a a really good question, Gwen. I I guess, you know, the first thing I would say is that um, for me personally, I think it's an internal compass and, you know, sort of a, a driver behind decisions. And, you know, I find... Um, actually, a really good friend of mine, probably about, I'm going to say 10 or 15 years ago, he's a, uh, actually serves as my lawyer. He's a Rotarian friend and uh, for, for our business. And, and uh, I remember one day sitting with him and he was talking about how, his name's Peter Rastovic, and he was talking about um, something that was going on and how he was using the four-way test um, and in, in, in coming to a final decision on something. And it was one of the first times, and I don't know exactly the year, but it was one of the first times that I really saw somebody putting it into practical application. We had recite, I had been reciting it for years and believed in the tenets of it. But when, you know, when you break it down and see how it can be applied to so many different situations, and not just in Rotary, but in, in our vocational lives and on our personal lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times now, if I find myself sort of struggling with something or, you know, just kind of trying to figure out how to navigate something, I rely on it. And, right. you know, it's, it's, it's amazing what, you know, what those simple questions, um, how they can form um, our decisions or just to, to make sure that we, that we are doing the right thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's easier to, to not do the right thing. And, you know, if we challenge ourselves to, you know, in, implement the four-way test, I think we make better decisions. Um, a cute little aside on this is that um, my, uh, my, my sister-in-law started a Rotary Club just about two years ago, and my brother is actually the current president. They so it's started- in the family. It, yes, and it's so in the they, family. <laughs> yeah, they, they they started it though. Um, they they were reticent for a number of years because they were in sort of their late thirties at the time that they were starting it, and uh, early forties, and and you know just busy professionals. Do we have time? Right. We have right. kids. You know all this kind of thing. But they um, what they wanted was an experience for their children and their friends' children to all be able to be part of. And so those kids go to their, their weekly rotary meetings when now, obviously not right now um, they're meeting on, on virtual platforms as well, but at the start of their meetings, it's mm-hmm. the kids who recite the four way test, not the adults. Wow. The kids. And I've my niece, Olivia, she's nine. I've had her on a few different uh, occasions when I'm recording a video for something or a special message to someone. I'll, I'll say, Liv, come on over here. And you know what? Why don't you share the four-way test? And, and uh, you know, it's just really cool to see that this is something that as a nine-year-old and her and her friends, that this is resonating. And, yeah. you know, just as they're starting their own critical thinking and decision-making journey through life that uh, they're going to be armed with something like that. And that it just, it, it just fills my heart with joy. But have you ever been a rotary police officer? <laughs> I'm willing to throw myself on the bus and say that, yes, I have found myself being a rotary police officer. Have there's ever been a time where you've kind of bit I, your I, rotary tongue every once in a while? I think that I have been a Rotary police officer. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I've also been a Rotary brand officer. Uh, ah, there you go. When, yeah. when people are not using uh, using our brand properly, probably more likely that has been my. Uh, <laughs> well, that 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 we may have to take off podcast because I could I could just go a little bit nuts. Like I told you, my my other and better half is a publicist, so the first thing that happened was that brand book from my rotary was purchased and is in my office as we speak with all of those brands and all that kind of all that branding and 
And then I kind of cry when I get on the internet and see it all kind of thrown away. Well, so. let me give you let me give you a behind the behind the scenes sneak peek preview. Uh, <laughs> last, last week, we actually um, not I wasn't involved in it. We, as in Rotary, the Royal, we approved uh, a new color palette that's going to be coming out. Ooh. Yes, I know, I know. For those who, for those who that would those be, who want uh, to expand their color horizons, okay. <laughs> um, you heard it here yeah. first, right? I, I'm I'm terribly excited about it. I think that there's some really cool things that are coming forward. I've yet to. See See it. It was so hot off the press when I heard this last Thursday that uh, just a week ago, uh, the Pantone colors weren't even in print on anything yet. And I know yeah. that probably doesn't mean something to. It does for listeners. those of us who actually own a Pantone book, the coffee go. table book. So yep. yeah, there there's some extra geeky ones around here. <laughs> but that that does bring up a really good topic that's come up in other podcasts and. Um, one of the questions that we always ask is, you know, how do you think Rotary is seen all over the world or what can Rotary do to help? And one thing that seems to come up is what I call this trickle down effect of what's perceived as our branding in RI and what is actually comes down to your local, in my case, my local would be Island Rotary. And I had it given to me in this kind of analysis. And I thought it was very interesting that you go to a, a fast food restaurant and there's the picture of the hamburger and it's got lettuce and tomato and it's absolutely beautiful. And then what comes to you in a styrofoam container is this like preheated burger thing that in, in the, when you go to the Rotary International site, it's absolutely beautiful. They're all different shapes and colors and ages. And then when it gets down to us here, um, especially I will speak for North America and I'll speak for my area of North America. Well, I shouldn't even say North America. I'll speak for the United States because there are two other countries in North America is that we're kind of perceived as old white haired guys, white guys, even better. So it's, you know, where does that where does that trickle down disconnect happen and how can we fix it? Well, there's a lot of layers to that onion. I know I was going to say, and you only had, you only told me you had an hour. So ready, go. <laughs> well, first let me, let me, let me go to your, um, let me speak to your, your fast food analogy. Cause it's, it's kind of one that I use on a regular basis when I'm trying to talk with people about um, consistency of brand. Right. And right. you know, the, the, the reason why that's actually important and I'll, I'll often re refer to, you know, a McDonald's or, um, you know, a Coca-Cola or something right. like this. And, you know, if, if it looked different in every, you know, if every different franchise looked different, um, there wouldn't be the strength of brand that, right. that they have. The you know, even if, even if you go into another country and a can of Coke has a different language on it, you know it's a can of Coke. Correct. Um, you know, if you go into McDonald's in another part of the world, they may have a couple different things on the menu, but you know that you recognize the golden arches. You know exactly what to expect. And the consistency, right, the colors, especially you just talked about colors. Every McDonald's has the same colors. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us as an organization, um, and we went through a, a rebranding of Rotary the better part of a decade ago, and I actually was chairing the Strength in Rotary uh, brand committee. And it was, I'll tell you, it was one of the hardest things I've ever yeah. been through. The uh, the ability to move people's cheese is just, you know, it's not an, it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing. No. And, um, and so, you know, but we, we were fueled by just an intense amount of research and talking, you know, working with professionals and, and, uh, you know, we finally came out with our, our rotary signature and that was a really big part of, of rebranding the organization. And I know people are listening, so let me just define the rotary signature. We had a rotary wheel, um, the pin that we wear on our lapel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And stood the test of time. It's gone through mm -hmm. some incarnations over the years, but it, you know, that's our our hallmark, our wheel. Mm -hmm. And um but one of the things that research really showed us was that um you know, people didn't necessarily have brand recognition of the wheel. Um some people may have recognized the wheel, but they didn't understand what what it what it connected for, to. Yeah. What it connected to. Mm -hmm. Um 
So one of the things that we did was we took and we pulled our first name, Rotary, out of Rotary International, and we put it next to the wheel. And so if you kind of think of this at the same time, and it's sort of interesting um, comparing this, at the same time, Starbucks was removing their name and only going with the the standard icon of the yeah. woman. Exactly. Yeah, the mermaid. And yeah. because they and actually I never realized that was a mermaid. It's a mermaid. Um, so they they pulled it off because they had built such strong brand recognition that mm-hmm. all you needed to do was see the icon of the mermaid and you understood that that was where you were going to get your Starbucks. So for us, we actually needed to do the 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 inverse. And flip it over, the reverse, yeah. Exactly. And we needed to put our first name next to the wheel and lock those two together so that we could help to create better brand recognition for, for Rotary. And so, you know, I'm hopeful there will be a day sometime in the future when maybe we do take our first name off because our brand recognition is so incredibly high. Um, but for now, we, we I think we need to keep it there and we need to make sure that people... Um, that we receive full recognition for what it is that we're doing. And so that's been an important thing for us as an organization and standardization of the colors, um, trying, you know, I, I too, you know, it breaks my heart when I um, go on to a, a club or a district or, you know, some other rotary website and I see the old wheel there and it's just like, no, no, we've, <laughs> got, we've got such a robust toolkit of, 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 of all different kinds of things to help us with our brand on the brand center. And I guess that's probably the biggest disconnect of all is making sure that we are able to direct Rotarians to the brand center to use the abundance of tools, almost too many tools um, mm-hmm. that can support whether it's a standardization in the look of a, of a club brochure or a website or uh, a public service announcement, all different things that, that can help us to look and feel and sound the same and beat the same drum. And if we can, if we can do that, it just makes us so much stronger. Yeah. And I, and I, I do agree with this, but I, I do, I do have one question for you. And that is, like I said, my, like I said, I, I am, I am the exception to the rule. I went to that brand center and I knew what all that stuff was. What do you say to perhaps the brand new person who's now just been put as position in their club as a public image. And they took their classes and somebody at district told them to go to my rotary and get all of these resources. But where I feel there might be a disconnect is that now I have all these resources, but what do I do with them? Does that make sense? So it's like you can you can give somebody the brand new car with all the bells and whistles, but if they can't drive a stick shift, they can't go anywhere in the car. So do you think there's a way that we can find a way to connect that part of it? And because if we are known as some older people here that may not know social media platforms, may not know style guides. I mean, how do we get how do we get it that finite down? And is that even something that you can even help with? Well, you know, I guess, you know, one of the, and, and it's a, it's a really good question without an easy answer. Um, right. I think it, it applies actually to even beyond brand. Um, mm-hmm. You can, you can take that into other areas. Absolutely. Well, you know, other yeah. areas as well, where, you know, we might not have a bench of expertise in a certain you know, in fundraising or, mm-hmm. you know, something else where like, well, how do I do it? Like, and one of the, the hallmarks of our organization that I think is, is our strength is that we um, provide skill, personal skill development and leadership development through, um, through our membership. Now, that being said, you know, you may have a club um, and you've been named to be the, the public image chair, like you've suggested, mm-hmm. and you don't know anything about it and there's no one to be able to provide you with mentorship. You look at the right. at the site and yeah, I get And I, I think get. that's what we're really talking about is mentorship. Yeah. It's that like you've given me all the tools, i.e. older Rotarian or younger Rotarian. Doesn't There's no age, no ageism here, but you've given me all the tools, but no one's told me what to do with them. So I'm going to go back to that old rotary circle because that's what the last person used. And I don't have to fix it that way. (laughs) Well, exactly. And you actually brought up the word that I was going to use is mentorship. And um, so right now, you know, you, you can look at, um, for example, Rotaract, um, our youth, our youth members. And uh, 
you know, they, they are now a membership type within our organization. And I, I talk about mentorship uh, frequently. And one of the things that is important to me is that, you know, oftentimes when we think of mentorship, we think of it more from a hierarchy that there's, you know, the, the, the higher level is the person who's the mentor and the lower level is the mentee. And, and right. it, it's more of a, a flow down as a, you know, as opposed to, you know, a flow up. up. Right. And I really believe that cross mentorship um, an equal mentorship is a more effective relationship and that we have so much that we can learn from each other. And so, you know, I think when we talk about things that uh, that might be daunting to a, a Rotarian and I, I, too, throw age out the window because I believe in <laughs> young thinkers I don't, I don't subscribe to a certain age being relevant for us in our organization. People who are young thinkers, who are progressive, who want to, you know, continue to grow and to learn and be part of a relevant um, movement. That's right. the kind of people who we, who we need in our organization. And so, you know, if, if, if you don't know, if this, if this skill set's not in your wheelhouse, it's a great opportunity. And I know it sounds so cliche, but to look beyond your club to who, who does have that skill set, who could you right. in to say, even if it's not to be a member, but would you mind tutoring me for, you know, mentoring me for a couple of weeks on how to do better at this, to teach me, and, you know, just finding those resources. And, and I think, you know, with Rotaract, uh, as I mentioned, there is a plethora of opportunities for us to be able yeah. to tap into, you know, the kind of skill set that is just part of their DNA. Right. Um, you, know, you know, devices like our computers, our phones, our laptops, right. all, all these, these, all these things. Yeah. They, they are appendages to them. Right. And, you know, they are, they're digital natives. They can navigate this stuff like nobody's business. And so uh, I think that, you know, that cross mentorship opportunity is, is something that is really undermined. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, mind as in like, you know, digging it out of a mine. We need to, we need to do a better job of finding people. If we don't have the talent, we don't have the resources. Right. And we need to find find people. And, you know, the other there's another complicating factor here. You, you know, you can have somebody in a club who um, is working on your club website or on your right. club public image who thinks they're doing a good job. And yeah, we have a few of those. Yeah, everybody's and, got some of those. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just like, oh, we actually need to do some work on this. So it's so yeah. it's not always it's not always easy. But I think at the end of the day, you know, most people are trying to do their best and we just have to keep having conversations like this right? so that people understand that there is a different and potentially new way of doing things to them mm -hmm. that can help them be stronger. Yeah. Well, thank you. And, and I, and I, you know, and, and of course my two bits is we also have the, the egos in there too. I know we've had a couple very, I've, I've interviewed a lot of young professional PI masters um, that are, are, 30 somethings that are making new memes um, that are literally wearing rotary suits. I'm sure you've heard of Evan Burrell and Aaron Sins and, and all these others. And one thing all those guys have in common uh, besides their flashiness is they do believe that, and this is our next question is they do believe that we as Rotarians don't, talk about ourselves enough. So mm -hmm. both of us, as people will see in our pictures, are wearing these small, very demure rotary pins. Now, I'm at home, so I think it's kind of funny. I still have my rotary pin on. But we do, as Rotarians, kind of go, shh, I'm a Rotarian, just wanted to let you know. You know, <laughs> we don't talk about it. And yeah. so we have these gentlemen and uh, Susie, I've got a whole bunch of this woman in Hawaii that I absolutely adore that walk around in their rotary paraphernalia all the time and are screaming and shouting. And all of them told me some story of a Rotarian going, shh, you're being rude. We don't act that way. We shouldn't talk that way. We shouldn't be that way. So to kind of wrap all this together, you've just spent years rebranding yourself. We've got all of these things and all of these tools. And now we have some young adults here that really want to get the word out. Are we crushing ourselves, even though we have all these 
beautiful branding stuff, even if we have all these great ideas, are we are we our own worst enemies, Miss Jones? Well, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. One of the things, and and I I've talked about this again for the better part of a decade. Uh, it's it's flipping the switch, and. Right. One of the things that we know is that we've talked forever about the fact that, you know, we do our good work quietly and not for recognition Um, because this was noble. It was noble. That's a great word. That's a great word. We weren't looking to be braggarts. We wanted, you know, people, you know, to simply do good because it was the right thing to do. But the reality is, is that we have come to learn that, uh, when we tell our stories, when we talk about what we do, when we showcase our brand in a beautiful way, like-minded people want to join with us. And so quite candidly, um, telling our stories in, in, in not in the braggart kind of way, um, but sharing the impact of what it is that we do. And that's probably the most important part is understanding the impact that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, when we share that, it's probably one of our best membership tools because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you can look at somebody and say, wow, I, you know, I really like what they're doing and yeah, I want to be part of something like that. And so, you know, it is, it is a culture shift and it's a generational shift in, in, because people were just told that for a long time. And so now, you know, I, I, I try to use a megaphone as much as possible to say, no, tell your stories. This is okay. this is really important. And, you know, every single Rotarian has a rotary moment. I mean, most of us have hundreds of rotary moments where mm-hmm. something has touched your heart in such a profound way that has either altered who you are as a person, or it's changed the trajectory of your day, or, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's so much that, that you know, is rich within our lives through what we experience. And when you tell that to someone else, I think it gives them an opportunity to think, you know what, I want that in my life too. And I didn't know that I could get it through Rotary. And then, you know, the more we share it, I think the more that people want to be with us. Good. And, and I, and I hope that everybody hears that question. I know those were, I, I try not to ask gotcha questions, but I'm trying to put forward after you know three or four seasons of doing this podcast, some themes mm-hmm. that have that have shown up and and there's always there's always friction in change and um, but I, I I I don't I don't think I don't think the story's lost quite yet. So one of our questions that I think is kind of funny is I was about to ask you was you know uh, have you visited any other Rotary clubs? I guess we could, I guess we could skip that one for sure. But, but I will ask, since you, you told us the great story at the beginning of this, that the first way you got into Rotary was being allowed to come in as a reporter, but what is, so how different has Rotary changed since you've been, since you were walked through the door the very first day to now being on the verge of becoming president this summer, how much has it changed? Well, let me let me actually I'll I'll let me sort of deviate and put a pin in that. Okay. (laughs) No, and wind my way back because your original question that you were going to ask about have I been to another Rotary club? And you know, one of the things actually that is 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 notable maybe in in that is we've had the incredible opportunity, my husband and I, um, certainly over the past decade or so longer to have visited not only different Rotary clubs, but different Rotary countries. And one of the things that I have found, um, and, and, I, and I didn't necessarily start out with this being a thought, but one of the things that, that was interesting to me as we started to you know travel to, to countries very different than our own mm-hmm. was to try and see how female leadership was accepted and ah. um, to try and gauge w- what that meant. And one of the things that I, you know, had the incredible opportunity that, that, that I've been able to learn mm-hmm. is um, we're just, even though we're different, um, you know, from country to country, culture to culture, language to language, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, we are so much the same. Really? And 
Oh my gosh, absolutely, yes. Actually, going back to the four-way test, which we talked about a few minutes ago, I was in um, Korea and I attended a, a, a Rotary Club meeting there. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll say that it was an all-male club that I was attending and this is... <laughs> This is more than 10 years ago. This is actually 2007, this would have been. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was all being conducted in Korean. And I was a district governor at the time. That's why I was kind of interested in seeing, you know, what, right. what, what they were doing. And it was so cool because at the beginning of the meeting, all of a sudden there was this um, opportunity where they all spoke together and there was this staccato sort of rhythm of something that was happening. And uh, within seconds, I was able to realize that they were reciting the four-way test. And it oh, was wow. such a cool thing. I don't, I, you know, they were doing it in Korean, which I clearly didn't understand. But it clearly had some type of rhythm to it but that it, it and then yeah. I asked. They asked what it was that was going on, and they said, well, it's the four-way test. And I was like, okay, I, that was so cool to have, you know, been able to sort of experience that in, in that kind of way. And then, you know, countries, and I don't want to get into naming countries, but other countries where I, I might have thought that um, female leadership wouldn't have been as widely embraced. And right. I couldn't have been farther off the mark. And Really? Um, Nice. Not that I was going in there guns ablazing as a female leader. It was, <laughs> right. it was, you know, I was walking with your feminist T-shirt on and your no, no, no okay. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's just not me, right? But, you know, when I sat down to talk with other leaders in in you know those districts and when we were comparing about different projects and different things that were going on and and uh, opportunities within our organization, it just became abundantly clear that we were all on the same page and and that just has been such an incredible. Um, learning opportunity that I didn't maybe anticipate. You know, if you would have asked me that 15 years ago, um, you know, what do you think the world looks like and how united are we? Right, I right. I don't know what I would have answered, but having seen it from literally every corner of the world now, um, it really does just, it, it gives my heart such joy that, you know, we all we all wake up wanting to make a difference, to do something for our community, for our world, um, however it best resonates with you. And the fact mm-hmm. that we have this vehicle um, called Rotary to be able to seek out these like-minded individuals and right. understand that we have the ability to dream and then act upon those dreams, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty darn cool. And, you know, I couldn't be more, I, I, I couldn't be more excited or more proud or more heartened to be part of something that I really do truly believe makes a difference in our world. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I was, I was kind of interested when you were, when you were named these few months ago that we do have clubs that, that are still um, separated. Um, it was a concern. Like, you know, I was, are, are you going to have the same amount of respect as your previous presidents, but that's great news. Great news. Well, and, and, and I'll be, you know, I'll be really honest. We have some all male clubs that still exist in, in parts of the world. United yep. States is even one of them. Uh, but we also have um, areas of the world where we have all female clubs. And yes. So I, I'm pretty excited. If I'm going to interview one of them, I'm pretty excited. So, <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, so I, you know, I, I get asked all the time, what are you going to do with the all male clubs? Like, and, uh, you know, I used to, I used to sort of joke a little bit like, oh, well, tell me where they are and I'd love to go visit kind of thing. There you um, go. <laughs> and, you know, just, just sort of, I, I say that a bit on a whim. And then, you know, I look at other areas where we have all female clubs. And in, in many cases, that's because um, they didn't find their voice within a, uh, a male, uh, male dominant club. Mm-hmm. Whether they were permitted or whether they just didn't find their voice, they set up something different. But at the end of the day, and and you know, this is something that I I I mean, everyone has to find their right way forward. So I don't want right. to say what is right and what is wrong. But what I do believe is the the best hallmark of our organization is the fact that we bring diverse perspective together, mm-hmm. and um, we, we, we have made now diversity, equity, and inclusion, something that we are focusing a lot of attention on. It's something I'm going to focus a lot of attention and my own energy behind, because when we have diverse perspective, when we're able to look at things through different age, through different gender, through different culture, through different religion, 
that we can come up with solving the world's most pressing challenges in unique ways. Yes. And, and so I do believe that, you know, we should have a collaboration of all of those different things. So, you know, if you were to ask me if I'm a fan of an all woman club, I, I understand and appreciate why they're there. Right. Um, and similarly, you know, I don't want to belittle our our friends who are in an all male club. I just would personally much rather see them in in a mixed club. Um, that would be my perfect world if I had a magic wand and could wave it. Um, right. <laughs> that would be that would be one of the things I'd I'd like to see more. But it's it's not that that that's a you know that's maybe sort of a a whimsical solution right. to something that has much more d- depth to why mm-hmm. those things exist. Well, and, you know, and I, and I think we're changing and I think that even takes us back to some people that are getting scared with all those changes. I mean, some of the fellowships that I interview, we, we now officially have an LBGTQ fellowship and that's, you know, that's something that it's like, you know, that, that, that may shock a few people yet. I was very excited to hear about them and they have a lot of people and it's like your Rotarians too, you know, whoever you are, your religious beliefs, your, yeah. So it's really good. Well, Jennifer, we are running out of time, not on my end. I could talk forever, but I know you have squeezed me in into appointments. So I'm going to leave you with one last question. And uh, I, I was truly honored that you said yes to do this little podcast. And I thank you so much for being so open and so willing to talk. So I would, I would like to talk to Jennifer in 2023, 24 after after this whole thing is done and you've traveled around the world and you've partly been on zoom and you've tried to open up the world and you've tried to get people to go to the darn branding thing and use some of that stuff. And you've done all this stuff. What, what did you accomplish? Well, how was it? How was it? Wow. Now talk about needing a crystal ball. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's what do you, really- what do you hope that Jennifer is going to say? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, well, you know, it's there's a lot of things I'm hoping to affect, um, and you know, you can only bite off so many things, and so I I, I don't want to try to you know be all things um, at the same time. Clearly, by virtue of the fact that you know I'm a woman and showing up as a woman as as our first. Um, I don't, I, I've said this many times over. It's not, it's not the card I, I'm looking to play um, because I, I was selected and I, I believe firmly that I was selected for my qualifications and not because of my gender. But I do believe that this should be hopefully an inspiration to um, other women, other young men, um, to, to people who, who believe that it's something different than what they've seen before. And that hopefully that allows them to lean in, to step up, to say, if she can do it, so can I. So I hope that, you know, maybe it's not just because it's me, but because of what it represents, that there is some positive, I I believe, positive change um, that's taking place. And quite honestly, I'm on calls around the world every day, and it's there is an there is a palpable excitement, um, and not just from women, but from men too. And mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in looking for the best and the brightest in our organization, regardless of gender. Um, and I, I will be speaking in in um, you know I, I will be speaking a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's very fundamentally important about yeah. how I want to frame this discussion. Um, it's not just a gender discussion. It's it's about making sure that that our voices are all reflected, and that we, as an organization, have the opportunity to um, to to be the forum for challenging conversations. Yeah. And because we're a safe haven, because we're non political and non um, you know non religious. I mean, this is a safe place. This should be a safe place for us to be able to have that kind of dialogue, and so. I hope to move the needle in that regard mm-hmm. and to help excite other people to see it maybe a little bit differently. Um, that's very important to me. I, um, I'm hoping that uh, using my vocational background, because that's the hallmark of who we are as an organization, that right. um, I'm going to be able to utilize and harness my vocation to open uh, the eyes of external 
uh, the external public and primarily doing that through conversations with, uh, with, with global uh, top-tier media. I want to be able to open, uh, open opportunities for people to see uh, us and mm-hmm. what it is that we're, that we're doing. And so those are, those are a couple of things that, um, that I want to make sure, I guess, you know, looking back in that crystal ball, did, did, did was I able to raise awareness right. uh, for us and in turn help us to grow? Mm-hmm. Uh, and validate for each of us our experience um, when we see our stories being told to empower people to, as we talked about earlier, to share their stories, um, that, that, that there's importance, that there's truth in that, that, that it means something. Uh, again, it validates people's you know, reason for being uh, a Rotarian or, a, a, let me say it this way, a member of the family of Rotary because mm-hmm. we're so much more than 1.2 million Rotarians. We're several hundred thousand Rotaractors, hundreds of thousands of Interactors, alumni, um, Peace Fellows. Uh, we, we've, got, we've got so much breadth and scope around the world. And so um, all I can tell you is this, um, when I finish my term, I won't be done. There you go. Well, I, I couldn't end it better than that. All right. Well, I, no, and, and you shouldn't be done. No should on there, but at least you should take a nap. At least, <laughs> at least you should maybe, you know, go get a mani-pedi, go, you know, like, you know. There will, there will be a beach vacation and, a, and an umbrella drink, certainly. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. As you can, and in the background there, you can see my corgi is getting herself at home there. As we- <laughs> I have office, I have office corgis. It's important. Well, thank you so much. Uh, such a, such an honor to have you. And, um, uh, I, I, I'm speechless. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. By the way, I will be president of my club the same year you are. So we'll have to make sure we reconnect then. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been a real treat, and I really, uh, I really, this hour flew by. Truer words were never spoken. PN Jennifer Jones, that was the fastest hour in my life, too. And it was such a joy to meet you. And I have a very strong feeling that Rotary International is going to be just fine with you at the helm. Thank you again so much, PN Jones, for joining me. And just like that, we've reached the end of our podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please tell a friend, have them download and subscribe. And if you have a Rotarian that I should know about, shoot me an email, rotarianpod at gmail.com. And of course, until next week, please wear a mask, stay socially distant, and I'll hear you next week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody.